Listeners, we would like to thank our Patreon donors. So thanks to Savannah, Kathleen, Sarah, Reggie, and Leslie. And an extra special thanks to Susan and Susan. Susans, you are sparkling land mermaids of thrift. I love Susans. <laughs> They're like the good version of Karen, I yeah. think. No, they, they are the good version of Karen. They use that... I'm going to speak to your manager energy for for justice and and righteous for causes. truth and justice yeah. and the American way. Yeah, that too. But like the like World War II American way, oh, totally. the like we're the good guys American way. When you meet some dough, you don't know where to go in this patriarchal capitalist hellscape. So can you see? I feel like that's the great thing about the quarantine is well, there no, there's nothing good about the fact that we're in a global pandemic right now and people are dying. That it's not great. Uh, the interesting thing about us being quarantined for weeks and weeks, and by the way, listeners, whenever you're hearing this, we're recording it in March or April. God, I don't even know what time is anywhere. The interesting thing is, <laughs> it's going on for, for weeks. So, like, first week of quarantine, you're like, great, I'm going to clean the house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a book. I'm going to, like, do the, I'm going to do the things that I've been putting off for a while. For me, that was, like, and I, dedicated readers will know, I just lost my job recently. So, like, for me, that was, like, a lot of woodworking, like, refinishing the outdoor table, like, all of these chores. And then after week one, you're like, okay, well. Um, week two, you know, I was really productive last week. So I'll just, you know, play a lot of video games, maybe read another book, like just, you know, binge a shitty show. So like by week three, you're like, oh no, yeah, I need like dedicated projects. Like I need to keep my, my boredom organized. The Netflix queue is getting shorter, dangerously short. Um, Like, thank God for the dog, because like I'm, I'm walking, I'm hiking, and that's about it right now. Uh, And I just, I feel so bad for people who don't have dogs right now, yeah, because they don't have a reason to leave the house. Um, Something that I did today, my baby brother lives in an apartment with his his brother from another mother, um, as well as his um, girlfriend. So the three of them live together. Um, and they have this like precious family unit. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to bring you a couple of things that I know that you guys weren't able to find. And I'll just drop them off on the front step. And I was about to roll out of my house when I was like, I, I texted my little brother and I was like, um, do you want me to bring my dogs? Would you like to have the dogs for a night? And he was like, yes, yes, I would. <laughs> um, and, and God bless them. I like, I went and like maintained like a, like a six foot distance. We didn't hug. We, we didn't, we didn't linger near each other at all, but I just kind of like threw them into their apartment. And then I, I closed the door and from out in the hallway, as soon as the door is shut, I hear them all go. <laughs> <laughs> As they're just like so excited to have oh my God. A, two dogs for, for overnight. You're the fucking Mother Teresa. About a half an hour after I left, I get a text from my little brother's roommate's parents. <laughs> and they were like, thank you so much. Our family group chat is filled with pictures of them looking so happy with the dogs. <laughs> dogs are 
always a good idea, but especially right especially now. Especially right now. For anyone who doesn't have dogs, I'm so sorry. I wish you had dogs. I wish I had dogs to give you. I will Skype meeting my dog with you. If you just want to like look at him and like imagine petting him. New, new Patreon level. We will send you our dogs. Yep. We'll put them in an yep. envelope and just mail them to you. The mail is yep. still running. Dogs for a sleepover. You can have the dogs. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm Kitty. And I'm Piggy. And we are the Bitches and Bitches Get Riches. We're a couple of high school kids who gain the power to transform into any animal we touch from a dying alien prince. And we are here to save the Earth from evil brain-controlling slugs! Our time on this planet is limited. So let's get started. Today's letter comes from us from our Tumblr Askbox. Uh, and you can follow us on tumblr and that's tumblr with no e by the way oh no do we have to say that i don't know no you're right we, we probably, probably do. do but i feel like like the kids the kids are the ones that use the tumblr right the kids, the kids don't know. know that there should be an e in tumblr Come that's on. true the kids don't, the kids don't fucking know anyway regardless this comes from an anonymous reader and they say <clears throat> Hi, bitches. I'm only 20 years old, so I know this is unrealistic, but my greatest wish in life is to own a teeny tiny cottage somewhere with a garden. I don't even care where in the world I have to live to make it happen. Like I said, unrealistic. I know that I probably won't get my little cottage for a long time. All the same, I know absolutely nothing about how to work towards that goal. So do you have any advice for a young aspiring homeowner? How does buying a house even work? Thank you. This is so depressing. I'm so upset <laughs> that this disgusting, hyper-privileged reader dares to believe that they may one day own... How dare they? A teeny tiny cottage... The nerve. Anywhere. The fucking nerve. Anywhere in the world. Ugh. How dare you? Say 50 Hail Marys, 10 Our Fathers, <laughs> and then go fuck Ugh. yourself. No, I'm, I'm seriously depressed by this. What have we gotten to that a 20-year-old these days is like, it's an unrealistic dream for me to own a small house with a garden that just makes me so depressed, you know? Because let's be clear, this should be in a completely realistic goal. And they say multiple times that it's unrealistic. This is like, um, this is like, dear bitches, I'm... In a class in college, which I find to be quite easy, and my goal is to get an average grade, which is a C, there's no way I could possibly, like, yes, this is extremely accessible. This is the most accessible dream. Like, But they feel like oh it's my not. Goodness. They feel like it's not, which to me, like, says so much more about... You know they're twenty, right? So they're they're young, and and we're we're not twenty anymore. <clears throat> I am. You are. Oh, you know how I'm on TikTok. Yeah, with the snap, and how I am so frustrated because I can't buy alcohol. You know, whatever. I still miss mine. And also, I know about uh, the big musicians of the day, hmm. such yeah, as yeah. Tell me one of those musicians. Uh, um yep. Perry Como. Oh, okay. Okay. I actually have been hanging out with my friends 10-year-olds. Um <laughs> uh and Frozen. What? Frozen. You can just say Frozen and 10-year-olds will give you a standing ovation. Oh, yes, Frozen. No, Frozen 2 now, bitch. No, but I I know a musician that the kids are into these days. Would you like to to know what I know? You mean it's not Perry Como? No. It's Billie Eilish. 
Is it Eilish? I thought it was Elish. I think I've it's Eilish. It written. I think it's Eilish. Uh, uh, wait, what was that sound? Was that the sound of a thousand people immediately clicking unsubscribe? Yep. Sure was. <gasps> sure I did it. was. I did it. Don't worry, all the youngs are gone. Now that they're gone, prunes in the good old days. Let's brag about our regular BMs, but then also get some real talk about how our knees keep clicking. (laughs) Your knees, for me, it's the hip. Um, Anyway, the point being, (laughs) because we do have a point, somewhere amidst this shit fucker, we have a point. This 20-year-old is young and i just shudder to think at the the media and the news that they are absorbing that they think that this completely reasonable dream is unreasonable yeah like it is scary you do hear about you know stocks plummeting and whatever and you know home ownership is going down it's all very scary and doomsday-esque and i don't really blame them for thinking that their again very reasonable goal is an unrealistic dream. Well, I think a a lot of this kind of gets back to something that I think about, which is that like, when I was 17, 18, the amount of money I could like really understand, like what, what does this buy? I understood what a dollar bought and I understood what 10 or a hundred dollars bought. I even kind of sort of understood what a thousand dollars would buy. Um, But when you talked about like a a year of college being $40,000, Mm-hmm. That was kind of beyond me. It was just it, you, sh- you, you, your ability to process how much money that is kind of plateaus off because you just have no experience with making any purchase more than like maybe, oh, I don't know, like maybe the cost of a new computer might be like the top, top, top of the of the thing that like a teenager might think about buying. Oh, totally. Um, and, and so I think the cost of a home, um, could be kind of like just in that plateau for this reader where it just seems like, oh, $100,000 or $150,000, that's inconceivable. Mm-hmm. That's so much money. I will never earn that much. And it's, for, it's it, like... The experience is one thing before you like understand the value of X amount of money. But the other thing is like if they're 20 and they lack the financial education to understand what a mortgage is, they might see like, oh my God, my little co- cottage in the woods is is going to cost me $100,000. It'll take me forever to save up that. I'll never save that up. Yeah. When really it's like, no, you can you can save up, you know, $10,000 and buy that cottage in the woods. And then, you know, you have a mortgage and whatever. And I mean, I guess that's that's why they're asking, you know, how does buying a house even work? Yeah. And this is something that I think we haven't written much about up to this point, because you do need a certain level of financial stability to think about purchasing a home. Oh, yeah. You got to level up towards it. You can't just like you don't beat that boss on the first level. It's like level 30 or 40 mm-hmm. stuff. It's not level two and it's not level 99. OK, like calm down. I think we will be writing more about it in the future. Um, so kind of stay tuned on that. But um, as sort of a spoiler alert to our philosophy, um, there's no situation you could be in where we would say a teeny tiny cottage, literally anywhere that has a small garden attached to it. Unrealistic. Give up your dream. That is an accessible dream, no matter where you are. That's, it that's really America, is. baby. That's America. Let's focus on the practical side of this, shall we? Yeah. So if your goal is to be able to own a modest home, what I would say is there's there's a couple of things you should do before that. Um, I think getting to the point where other than a potential mortgage, you would be debt free um, is not a necessity, but it would be very valuable. 
and it will also likely improve your credit score over time so that you can get a better interest rate from your mortgage lender. Um, Having a healthy emergency fund, again, not an absolute necessity, but I think a very, very good idea. Um, the, The thing about when you own a home versus renting a home If the boiler explodes, if the water heater starts leaking all over the basement floor, Mm -hmm. like those are now things that you have to deal with. So having an emergency fund is a really good idea. Um, And then also uh, saving up and up for a down payment. Um, So as we're talking, like, um, I think one of the things that will be the most in flux in the coming year is how... Um, the current crisis will affect the housing market. So I want to be kind of careful with like kind of stipulating that we may see some um, changes to the market in the next year that are unusual. Um, But in general, uh, you can buy a house once you've saved up maybe between five to 10% of that home's value. It's a great idea to save 20% or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it really depends on your area um, and, and the particular market that you're buying in. But um, I would say that the, f- the, the best steps to take would be to um, work to become debt free mm-hmm. um, other than a potential mortgage, um, work to improve your credit score, which those two things really go hand in hand. Um, work to build a nice, healthy emergency fund. And then once your emergency fund is, is looking really good, um, now start to think of all or part of it as becoming your, your home down payment. Absolutely. And I want to add to that, like one thing you should always be doing throughout your career, but especially during that earlier stage is increasing your income because once you, uh, you know, you can only save so much money. This is, this is the frightening frightening truth about the financial independence retire early movement, but you can only save so much money. You have unlimited earning potential. So Mm -hmm. yes. So that's just how the fucking math works. So if you want to buy a house and become financially stable, have that emergency fund, become debt free, like increasing your income is a great way to do that. So, you know, make sure you're taking opportunities to, um, you know, educate yourself and improve your skills so that you're qualified for higher paying jobs and then put yourself out there to get those higher paying jobs. Um, once you have a mortgage uh, and that's, you know, we're operating under the assumption that somebody who's 20 years old is not going to pay cash for a house. So everyone's having a mortgage. Once you have that mortgage, you're going to want a nice solid income that's more than you need to pay the mortgage every month so that, you know, if anything happens or, you know, you lose your job or you get sick or something untoward happens, you can still afford your mortgage despite losing some income. So definitely keep that income up. Yeah. When I was applying for mortgages, um, I was told, Oh, bitch, you can afford like a half a million dollar house. And I was like, that, no, no, I definitely cannot. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we think you have that much money. You could give us that much money every week. Like, don't rely too heavily on like financial calculators and like sites like Zillow that have like built in things where you tell mm-hmm. them your income and they say, oh, we think you could afford a million dollar house, yeah. baby, baby, baby. And like, don't definitely no. don't trust your lender slash real estate agent because they get paid based on how much money you spend. 
So exactly. they are definitely incentivized to get you to buy as much fucking house as you can. Like we had the same experience where our lender was like approved us for probably about a hundred thousand dollars more than we wanted to spend. Yeah. And we ended up, so we like put a cap on ourselves and then we ended up sp- spending even less than that. So, you know, you understand how much you can afford or you will by the time that you're ready to buy a house. Uh, don't let anybody sort of sway outside of your budget. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I have a good friend who is looking for sort of this exact description of a home, like a tiny cottage type deal. Um, and like this, this home absolutely exists for you to go out and find. It may take you a couple of years to get your debts in the right place, to get your credit in the right place, to get your income in the right place. So one thing that you can do that's productive while you're sort of waiting for those things to improve over time um, that is more fun uh, is you can just get to know the market. You mm-hmm. should be looking at if you think that if you, you know, this letter writer says that, that they're open to living anywhere. Um, so start thinking about like, what kind of climate do I want to live in? What kind of um, amenities do I want to have nearby? What's my budget? What do I need to be um, within driving or flying distance to um, which areas are going to be the most affected by climate change. Like think about all of those things, do all of that research and then say like, all right, I've picked this small town in this state that I haven't been to. I think it could be perfect. Go plan a road trip to go there and actually check it out in person. You really did this. I did. Yeah, I did do this. Um I was pretty sure right out of college that I wanted to move to um, Asheville, North Carolina. And I went there and I was like, this place rocks. It's amazing. It's where I want to retire, but it's not where I want to spend my 20s. Mm-hmm. And that was a very valuable thing for me to understand. So also um, just like become like a great armchair realtor, like be on Zillow all the time, be looking at what's in the market. Um, when you've only looked at three or four houses, it's really hard to gauge the value if it's a good value or, or like not a great deal. If it's overpriced, like, how do you know if you've seen a hundred or a thousand homes, you're going to have a much better idea, especially if you've been looking consistently in one area. Totally. So I think, um, now I would say like dedicate like half of your energy, maybe a little bit more than half of your energy to like getting your income up, getting your credit up really getting your savings up, getting prepared and then do the other half with the fun shit, do the research, make the Pinterest boards, like go on the road trips, have, have fun with thinking about what you want, but like think deeply and in the long term. Exactly. Exactly. And I kind of hesitate to like go more than that when, with this question, because I, I feel like the nitty gritty of finding a lender, found, finding a realtor and like actually signing the paperwork, like that's, they're not there yet. You can learn so much just by going on Zillow, um, Z-I-L-L-O-W, for those baby listeners who don't know. Um, It's like, it's real estate everywhere. And you can just scroll through houses and like see what things cost and just like get a sense for, you know, how much you really need to save if you want to do five, 10 or 20% down payment. Like you can look at these houses, you can do that research um, and I, I honestly, I feel like that stage for me personally, when we were shopping for our house or even before that point, it really put my mind at ease to look at what was available and what it cost because that 
made it realistic. I was no longer sort of dreaming this pie in the sky of like, well, I need a house with a yard for my dog. And like, I don't know, like, I was just so intimidated by how much that could possibly cost. And, you know, what would that set me back compared to my rent every month? But looking at the houses uh, on Zillow and just, you know, scrolling through real estate listings, just kind of quelled those fears. Yes. Um, I'll give a final recommendation, which I've given to a lot of my friends who are um, looking for their first home, which is the television show used to be on HGTV. It's probably on YouTube or something or some Russian site. Homes on Homes. <gasps> homes on H-O-L-M-E-S Homes. On Homes. It is a gorgeous Canadian television show hosted by a guy named Mike Holmes. And he is this beautiful, gruff, terse man. He's a home inspector. Usually in like dad jeans. And he is a home inspector. And his whole thing is like taking you through how to spot expensive hidden problems in a home versus um, problems that appear terrible and obvious, but are actually like Mm -hmm. super easy to fix and purely cosmetic. Mm. I'm starting to get a a greater appreciation of like what are, because you may, while you're finding Zillow, you may occasionally find stuff that's like, oh my God, why is this house like $40,000 less than everything else in the area? And it's because there's water in the basement. A hundred percent of the time, it's because there's water in the basement. Like, you will look at it and be like, oh, this is in a floodplain and it requires expensive flood insurance. And like once a year, you're going to get a bunch of water in your basement in the springtime, like whatever. Like you will start to develop a little bit more of a sense of like that like dadly skill of like what is a, Such a dadly major skill. issue. For, yeah, work on those dadly skills. Mm-hmm. Some dad instincts. They're, they're very important. Yeah, get Get your daddy energy up, 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 <laughs> way up. Get it up there. Absolutely. Um, are you good with that? Oh, yeah. I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, listeners, if there's a question that you'd like for us to answer, go to bitchesgetriches.com and click Ask the Bitches. There's only one way to guarantee that we'll answer your question, and that's to become a Patreon donor. If you like what we do and you want us to keep going, please become a Patreon donor and support us with whatever donation amount you're comfortable with. And we also have a merch store where you can buy t-shirts and printable worksheets and more. Finally, there are some free things you can do to say thanks. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever use it bumps us up on the charts and makes us easier to find follow us on twitter tumblr instagram and pinterest and subscribe to our articles so you never miss a new one you can do all of that at a bitches get riches.com uh hey is there anything else they should know yeah um if there was any toy from my childhood that i could just like have back mm. again there was a Polly Pocket set <laughs> that it looked like a big purple star. It was one of the really fuck off big ones. Um, and inside there was like a castle and it had like a special little stable for my for my horse-drawn carriage. I think there was a prince involved, but like you better believe I threw that away. I was Yeah, fuck the prince. It was amazing. They had like uh the little the little compartments that were like hidden underneath Aww. the like the grand dining room and like the horse stable and like uh obviously the like little uh hot air balloon that could crank up and down because you need that in your oh, castle totally. obviously. And looking at old photos of them, I was just really like moved by the beauty of the UX design of having this travel <laughs> toy for children that also included storage for all the component parts. And it was this very self-contained thing. And 
I just want everyone to really go out and appreciate um, the the aesthetic, the majesty, the beauty of the Polly Pocket and its masculine counterpart, Mighty Max. Did you know about these? Mighty Max? I know. They're pretty weird. It's Polly Pockets for boys. The interiors are kind of janky, mm. but the exteriors are really cool. They look like like molten dragon eggs oh. and like leering minotaur oh, faces and things okay. like that okay, anyway okay, go, okay. go um if you if you just need a moment of zen go to google image search and type in poly pocket and or mighty max and just like mm. enjoy the perfection of those toys good to know bitches, bitches out, out. <laughs> <laughs> nice